second episode of the Bench Picture Podcast, the podcast where we are going to watch all movies that won Best Picture at the Oscars at random. I can't believe we're on our second episode, guys. I'm your co-host, Ross Benbenek, joined by my guys. Dylan Bates and We can just go at the same time. It's fine. Yeah. Guys, episode two. We survived one episode. we made it through the first week. Have we, though? Have we really? I don't think we have. Relatively unscathed. I mean... I'm, I made it out in one piece, personally. Dylan said that he yeah, hated movie old one. movies, so... Yeah, I'm movie still one standing, was... guys. <laughs> what the fuck are you talking movie about? Movie one was fine. <laughs> Miniver was good. I like yeah. Miniver. Um, but... I think, I think meh I adic- th- adequately sums up Mrs. Miniver in our minds. But it wasn't the worst. I'm gonna give it... I'll give it a meh... Like with that upward inflection at the end. Yeah. We should fun. start a segment where we rank these movies by mies, just with different emphasis on different parts of the mies. Because you can really, and, like, you can embody a lot of meaning in those mies. We really could. Um, really? This week's movie gets a really deep. <laughs> yeah, but exactly. It's a. It's a. It's exactly like that. <laughs> it's a doozy. Yeah. <laughs> one of those so um we should say caleb without yeah, further we should ado say, um, and we should throw this back at the top too um a little bit of a trigger warning on this one it yeah it's uh spotlight um if you know what the movie's about then you know um just uh maybe look it up before you watch just it's a sex scandal yeah, for it, the love of god children we can't tiptoe around this forever we're going to talk about this for a decent part of this so we got to get into it now and hence the trigger warning all right you ready to go yeah, it's we're gonna go to some dark places, but we watched a movie we're and gonna we're gonna go talk there about it together. No, I'm so, going Caleb, to New Jersey. I'm not going where you guys are going. I thought you were in Brazil last time. I move around quickly yeah. to avoid speculation and other things. <laughs> I'm very very curious about the other things, but we'll leave it for another time. Yeah. Um. So yeah, y'all have my lawyer with me. The- oh, good. Okay. 88th Academy Awards movie from 2015. Tell us about Spotlight, Yes, there's a Spotlight, as Ross said, 2015. It's directed by Tom McCarthy, who actually also has writing credits. Um, In addition to winning Best Picture, I think this won Best Original Screenplay, so that's noteworthy. Um, So Spotlight. The film begins. We're introduced to Spotlight, which is an investigative news team at the Boston Globe. Um, It's like 2000, 2001. The editor... Basically, the leader of Spotlight is Walter Robbie Robinson, who's played by Michael Keaton. And the uh, Spotlight journalist... does a great job. Um, We can talk about the cast for a second. I'm about to introduce them, but... That's one of my notes from watching the movie, but go through the cast first, and then we'll... The Spotlight journalists working under Michael Keaton are Sasha Pfeiffer, who's Rachel McAdams, um, and Michael Resendez, played by Mark Ruffalo, um, and then... Another guy named Matt. Brian Darcy James is the actor. Matt. <laughs> A-list cast, though. I thought it was And Mac. I will say, it was very fun watching Mark Ruffalo reprise his role from Zodiac in this movie. Yeah, oh my god, yeah. I didn't even look at that. It was the same fucking role. <laughs> so, Essentially, he is. He's, uh, just, he's just another wacky, insane character. Not wacky, but like just another like serious character. He's and, investigating like, we shit. And yeah, we don't perfect. really see that with Ruffalo a lot. In movies, like because he's always just now just a giant green giant now. Unfortunately, yes, but he's very talented. I love. Oh, he's very I love, talented. I love these kind of roles for him. Yeah, speaking of um, a giant green man, this movie is a Marvel party. 
We have the Incredible yes. Hulk. We have the Vulture. I don't, I, okay. We so have, the thing about me is I... He doesn't watch superhero movies, so uh, he's uncultured, but you know he's not missing out on much anymore. <laughs> well, okay, so I'm justified. It's not like <laughs> a hard ban on it. I just haven't seen them, and I, I don't know. One day I will, maybe. Maybe a so future iteration of this podcast. <laughs> All right, um, so Vulture is the bad guy in um, Spider-Man Homecoming, played by Michael Keaton. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Um, okay. James Slattery, who plays um, the newspaper editor, is Howard Stark. Yep. Um, Liev Schreiber is Sabretooth in the X-Men movies. Though he's only no he's idea. only Sabretooth in one, and that's barely even. Oh yeah, you're, he's 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 the he's Sabretooth in the worst X-Men movie. <laughs> X Men Days um, of Future, not Days of Future Past. X Men Dark Phoenix isn't in, isn't the worst one. He's not in that one. He, it is. The worst I was talking about one. no, but the, I I'd give you money that Phoenix is the worst one. But back on topic, children. Back on topic. Um, Rachel McAdams is the nurse love interest in Doctor Strange. She's in Marvel. And, like, um, I didn't uh, ran over my head. I had no yeah. idea. And Stanley Tucci, who plays the good lawyer, yes. is the doctor in the first Captain America movie. So a shit ton of Marvel actors in this. Well, who knew? Thank you, I mean, Captain. Uh, fucking everybody knew except for me. But anyway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so the Globe gets a new managing editor who comes in and finds a kind of buried article in their paper about a lawyer, Stanley Tucci. Um who was building a case alleging that the Cardinal of Boston, and again, bear with me, I don't know Catholic hierarchical stuff, um, so I don't know if I'm using the right titles for all these people, yeah. but who cares? They're I, I wasn't raised Catholic, uh, they're, so I... But they're, they're pedophiles or enablers of pedophiles, so I don't give a shit. Um, yeah, so it, at worst you're a pedophile, and also you're pedophile enablers, yeah. so like, who yeah. gives a shit? Get to the point, Caleb. You're dragging here, darling. Come on, keep going. Okay, this is the top dog of the Catholic Church in Boston, and there's an article about him alleging that he knew that the priest uh, was molesting children and did nothing to stop it. Um, and this is the new editor, so he hears about that, and then he reassigns the spotlight team to look into it, um, which they do, and they quickly uncover that this is way more systemic within the church. Like, it wasn't an isolated incident. Um, it's extremely rampant, and there's a disgustingly sophisticated system for moving priests around to cover for them. And it's well, it's horrifying. Abhorrent. It's uh, and distributing hush money and like all the bullshit. So. We see Mark Ruffalo chasing down this lawyer who's building the case against the Cardinal to talk to him, and he doesn't want to... Played by Stanley mm, Tucci. he doesn't want to talk. No, the lawyer, not the lawyer played by yeah, Stanley Mark Tucci. Stanley Tucci himself. <laughs> we gotta clarify yeah. that just real quick. Um, and then Rachel McAdams is going around Boston and interviewing, like, witnesses or victims. And victims. Um, and the film... It follows the spotlight team as they build their case to the point of having overwhelming evidence against the church. And then um, 9-11 happens, and they're forced to... A lot yeah, happens. Uh, is yeah. it really an expedited it's a lot. breeze through? Um, so they're forced to deprioritize the story, though, because 9-11 is suddenly the biggest story, and they have to do that. Um, they don't, like pay attention to 9-11 for very for like terribly long because they're full steam ahead um, pretty quickly after it with it the, also uh, doesn't make sense to follow it in the movie about sexual 
misconduct within a very established religious organization. Yes. It's uh, it's like, a, hey, this is the time when this is happening. Everybody remember? Um, but so the Globe takes the Catholic Church to court to unseal incriminating documents. And finally, they have enough put together and they run the story. And by the end of this, they have a list of 90 abusive priests 90, 90 in Boston alone. So, it's pretty fucked. Yeah, it is um, a tough watch. Yeah. It is, because it's dark subject material and no one really talks about it anymore. Everyone just goes, oh my god, it can't happen to this place. But when it's been happening for almost a documented hundred years or more, yeah. you kind of get what you get. I think people talk about it. Like, I don't think this is something they've been able to shake. Well, yeah, because when you have enough people, like, this is now socio-political, whatever. Like, when you have enough people who have fingers and a lot of pies and a lot of, um, like, money in the places that they talk about, like, it's kind of hard to, you know, not realize some corruption in some way, shape, or form. Like, it was bound to get uncovered eventually. Yeah. And it's like everything else. You can't. Yeah. The truth has its day. It does. And then, uh, I mean, that's the story arc of the movie. In the textual epilogue, like at the end, we learn that the cardinal who was enabling all of this resigned from his post in Boston and then was promoted by the pope after his resignation, after all this stuff. Yeah, public. to a post like in the Vatican, the, yeah, right? It's the largest Catholic church in Rome. Um, they gave him a position over there. Uh, and then they run a list of... Yeah. It's 105 communities. Thank you, Wikipedia. I didn't want to count them. It, um, it felt like way more than yeah, that. Yeah, it's like... Like... Like three or four screens full. Uh, 105 is a, like the is a ton. And then they show like 101 more from around the world. The 105 was just in the United yeah, States. Yeah, so 206? Yeah. What? 206 total? About. Yeah. So, like, the movie ends, and you're like, oh, my God, that was horrifying. And then the list pops up after, like, two seconds of black, and it's just like, here's where this has happened. And yeah. then it's, you're hit with another gut punch. It's called punch. reality. It's not a gut punch. It's called reality, kids. And that's what the shit they, they tried to show in this movie. It's like what they try to show as a whole. And, like, you know, what well, the fuck reality, has it done? Reality is a gut punch. Most not the for the most part. Not all the time. We have different life experiences, but reality is... Eesh. Um, eesh. Yeah. Eesh. Yeah, so, the, bad, the bad's more present than the good, but it's not all the time. Yeah. But it hurts more. Brief moment. Brief moment of levity in all of this hor- horrific stuff. This movie was very Boston. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think they characterized all this missing the is, city um, very Mark well. Wahlberg, and then it'll be okay. Yeah, if they cast Mark Wahlberg, this would have been a very Boston, but an even more Boston movie. But they go to the Red Sox stadium, and those accents, man. Can you name that field? Yeah, I my back. Okay, just making sure. You said it kind of just like nonchalantly. I'm like, he doesn't know. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta remember, Dylan. I'm a sports boy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but also they they talk a lot about how many people in Boston knew about this and yeah. didn't do shit. Like, they even uncovered yeah. that people had been giving the Boston Globe tips, like, way back since, like, the 80s. And the Globe just mm-hmm. covered and it they up. And they never talk about who did it, but somebody in the leadership at the Globe had been just 
burying them so no one ever sees it. It's like those times yeah. when, um, you know, the winners or the presenters at awards shows were making jokes about Harvey Weinstein. You know. Yeah, it's like everybody knew, but no one was doing anything about it until the spotlight team uncovered it. Uncovered it or put more pressure on it. Like, it wasn't uncovered. It, they've had it for a while. And, like, it was just they wanted to, you know, do something else. Well, the like, spotlight they just team kept being pushed it, under the rug. They uncovered it independently of all the prior tips. They didn't know about the prior tips until they started looking into it because because they were being covered up. Have you, and I think one of the most... No, go ahead, I was going to kind of pivot a little bit. Um, but so if you want to say your thing, it's cool. I encourage it. Oh, um, I, I was just going to say that um, Michael Keaton, when his character is, comes to the realization that he and his teams and his friends had been direct parts of the cover up and he makes that realization is one of the best scenes in the movie. And Keaton plays it so well. Yeah. That was really good. Was that when they, um, like, he confronted the guy outside his house? Yeah, towards the end, it was, like, right after he confronted that guy yeah. at his house. Because he was super hesitant to run the story until he had, like, he wanted the permission of the big dog editors, and, like, they wanted to have even more evidence before they ran something this consequential mm. and when he made that realization he was like this we gotta we gotta send it we gotta publish it now yeah yeah well like duh Some it's sh- kind of there's a trope it, in those biopics all the time yeah it, it, it's kind of biopicy, but it's it's not biopic I'm sorry I'm thinking of something else it's a it's an investigative journalism feature but it's based on reality to a degree but like you always get that with those kind of yeah. movies like you get the big realization and then like someone like somewhere something is just going no my friend who's been in control of this the entire time it's it's a played out thing like it's it was obvious yeah. shit I mean, we all knew where it was going. Yeah. The story gets published and everything gets uncovered. So, I mean, it's not like we're watching it to see what happens. We know what happens. We're there to see the process. Right. It's a historical drama. Um, so, yeah. that's what you expect. Have you guys seen Hail Satan on Hulu? Yeah. Yes. I have not. Love uh, that. Dylan, you that. No, we, it, we are. Because there's Dylan. a guy in it who talks about this scandal. And... Um, he he it was the satanic panic in the 80s and this guy was super into dungeons and dragons and okay yeah. is this why satan and dungeons and dragons and all that shit exists now or like existed yeah there is a crazy satanic panic about it but he he was like told by all the authority figures in his life like you're going to hell you're summoning the devil when you play that game okay and- neat i do it all the time i'm a warlock <laughs> So, but, like, in the interview, in the documentary, he's like, you guys are telling me, like, I'm summoning the devil and doing all this fucked up shit when, like, you're literally doing it. Like, the Catholic Church is literally yeah. doing these things. And he says, I was just trying to play D&D. And I, I, I don't know. I love that interview. I was just trying to play D&D is a good mantra. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm just trying to play D&D, man. That's all yeah. I want to do. Me every week. Um, but so we have this cast that's kind of very, very well casted. You like, that's stupid, Dylan. What the hell? Um, and then, like, the 
like the cinematography behind it's really good like the editing behind it's really good yeah. like there's just mm-hmm. a lot that like you can really look at this movie for but I want to talk about how this movie is Oscar bait like it's very much oh, the definition yeah. of Oscar bait yeah absolutely um like it's a presty it's a big important story yeah that was told through a relatively recent told through a dramatic scope given this idea that it's been they, happening for about like a good hundred year decades whatever time frame you want to use stacked cast yeah that's how it works that's how it all goes down and Mark Ruffalo was going for that Oscar Especially in that monologue he has at the oh, end. Oh, yeah, the one where he's like, we gotta do is, this. We gotta publish the story. And like, yeah. That was yes. fantastic. The whole movie up to that point, Ruffle. you could feel the rage just starting to yeah. bubble in Mark Ruffalo as he figured all this stuff out. And that was when it boiled over. And, well, uh, he's he's a known activist, so I bet he just went, well, time to conjure that energy again, and we're gonna make it angry. It was clearly, like, real emotions. Yeah. Yeah, he doesn't have to dig deep to get that. Which out. is which is potentially why the acting was so good in this because you don't have to dig that deeply. Like this, mm-hmm. shit everyone who was like a hindrance to it was just like, oh god, why, why am I playing the bad guy? I don't want to play the bad guy anymore. Please make mm-hmm. it stop. And Ruffalo did not get the Oscar. He got a nomination. For best he didn't supporting win. actor, right? Supporting, and yeah. Mick Adams got for supporting actress, I think. She got a nomination, but also right, right. lost. That's what I meant, nominations. Everybody you know, loses, everybody loses. One fun fact about this movie is it is, I think, the... It's it's one of the Best Picture winners that won the fewest Oscars. It only won two. Yeah. It only had six nominations, too. Usually the winner gets 17 you know, million. like seven, so is that, seven to 11 is that ish. Oscar bait. Because I agree with all the yes, things we've said. Yes, it's Oscar bait. Like, it's, it's, just, it's the, just the format of it is Oscar bait. Like was the, it successful? Yeah, just because it didn't get the Oscar bait. Mm, just because it didn't get the nominations, all, like all the nominations, doesn't mean it wasn't Oscar bait. Like, I don't think it had it. It never was trying to be like best picture, but you know, a, te- a technical categories <laughs> kind of thing. Yeah. Like, it wasn't going for. It was pretty sound bread and butter and stuff, stuff like that. Like, yeah, yeah. Well, because like when you go for it that was, technical stuff, you also have like a decently huge CGI budget. But that that's not the point of this movie. There's like no need for it. It wasn't even. It's not even like uh, the Departed thing or Shape of Water thing where they're trying to get that Oscar for the director either. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This was purely, we're gunning for Best Picture, we're gunning for the as- the um, actor nominations. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they scooped up a sc- Best Screenplay along the way. Yeah, they got some screenplay. It was, was great. I think it was, I think it was really well written. Very well, and I love, you mentioned like the characterization of Boston, but also the characterization of the the newsroom like the journalistic process yeah i read an interview with uh, the director and they said like this wasn't meant to be a statement about the catholic church it was meant to be a statement about the power of journalism i mean and it, it was both. very it good did and both like i don't know yeah, why it he was would both shy away from the statement you made about the catholic church because that's a pretty important one but yeah he said the church itself he said the movie is about journalism and i think it did that it did that it captured like the bureaucracy and the mm-hmm. like the hierarchy nav- like mm-hmm. the most of, like the shit the hoops and shits you gotta jump through in order to um like you know Prove it's publish, like yeah. go ahead with some things and like do all that. Yeah, and it, it, 
Yeah, and it's in, I was going to say, it's interesting how he said that they weren't trying to characterize the church because, yeah, the church isn't physically there all that much, but you can, they're like this omniscient force yeah. throughout the yeah. movie. That's a great way to put like it. The church, the church feels like God itself. And in Boston, it feels like going after the church, you're going after God. And it really did a good job of setting that yeah. up. Yeah, there's, you can feel the power of the church, and it sort of, there's some times where you, like, I don't know, just the church's, like, arms of control or, like, infiltrating. It's web of know, influence. Web of influence, thank you. I almost said tentacles, but. It's not know. hentai, back down. <laughs> it's not, they're not praising Cthulhu, back down. <laughs> They might as well be with all the shit they're doing now. I mean, meh. Praise <laughs> whatever god you want. Just don't tell me I'm doing it wrong. <sighs> the other thing... Oh, shit. We don't have to dwell on it, but this made me think about all the, like, biblical literalists who were like, God doesn't care if you're triggered. Like, God has moral absolutes and all that shit. Um, like, someone... I was I saw someone say that recently because the Catholic Church, like the Pope, said they they're not going to bless same sex unions. Yeah. And it like you know, it triggered people. Well, okay, what's the Catholic Neat. Church like? Yeah, it's how the do Catholic they have Church. Any moral they don't... authority anymore. I, I, it beats me. Mm-hmm. Well, because so did you guys just hear my knees pop? Maybe. Nah, kinda. Thought that was me. Not, but okay. Yeah. Sorry. Continue. Um, it just really distracted old me. Man. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so You're, it's coming for you too, Caleb. Once yeah, I no, <laughs> this kind of thing that like this movie always tries to show, like again, like so, I want to talk about that like double standard thing that the director or whoever talked about about it's like the power of journalism, the power of calling out the Catholic director Church. Tom McCarthy. Like they made a good point in that statement where it's just like these kind of movies that like hide themselves with in controversy, kind of do this thing where they um make sure they have this like kind of hero this kind of like good you know like it's always just to make sure that it's not always this downer shit it's yeah, just kind of redemption. more thinking it's not redemption even e- either it's just making sure that people can like you know know there's a fight know that there's someone doing the good like you know not someone just has a redemptive like story arc like a character does but yeah no I, not I that you. man I'm talking about just like there, there's the light at the end of the tunnel. Not redemption. Not like okay. anything like that. Just like there, there's shit. There's gonna be shit. There's gonna be people who misuse the power of people putting hope in something. But then you got people to call out other people for that bullshit. Also, interesting to note. Interesting to note. The Catholic Church liked the yeah. movie. I mean, they had no choice. <laughs> well, they had, yeah, they can't really come like out and the say. Movie. They can't really come out and say anything negative about right. this. Um, well, I I even think it doesn't matter what they say at one point. It's like, well, the movie's out there, kids. Best of luck. No, they did. They came forward and said this is pretty accurate, and it. I think. And I what have they done for it? Literally, more uh, accusations came out. They're just as hollow as everything else about this movie. Like this movie's supposed to be like, look at it all, kids. Look at it all, and yet journalists are still treated like shit. And like they're unprofe- and they're quote unquote unprofessional if they don't do X, Y, or Z. And the Catholic Church still runs a rampant if they like fuck up. It's always like, oh poor, poor him. And even when they do fuck up, it's just like, hey, uh, you're fine. We're gonna send you like Australia or something like that. Or Rome. That's a legitimate thing that happened. 
Yeah, or we'll just fucking promote you and send you to Rome to work right with the Pope. Yeah. Um, shit, I had notes there. There. Um, one thing I really, really liked about this movie is that the screenplay did a really, really good job of bouncing around between like six main characters. Yeah, it did. No oh, one yeah, felt, gave him time. No one felt like on the back burner. It was pretty impressive how effectively they bounced around. Yeah, because they were bouncing back and forth between. Ruffalo, McAdams, Keaton, Schreider, Schreiber. I think those were like the four main people. And they were throwing in bits and pieces, you know, Stanley Tucci's over here and Yeah. Um what's his what um James Darcy? Uh, I believe so. Yeah, Mac? Darcy think Darcy so, yeah. James. Yeah. Darcy James, Brian, that Darcy was it. James. He's over here doing his Brian Darcy James. You're right. Sorry, Brian Darcy James. So he'll like, never forgive you, you monster. Let's get Ryan Darcy James on the show. <laughs> we should try. <laughs> With what polling power? <laughs> the power of that's optimism and good wishes and... It's it's the show's first goal. Get Brian Darcy James on the podcast. I thought our first goal was get to someone to listen to this. <laughs> well, okay, so second goal is Brian Darcy James. That'll be our there first, you go, children. first put milestone. Your goddamn, put your goddamn yes, things first in milestone. Is he in any other best yep. pictures we could target... Ooh, let me see. I'll Later, children. Later things all. to discuss. <laughs> all right. We'll get back to you. We'll get back to you. Yeah. Yeah, we'll get back to um, it. Well, what's next? Ross, um, or, so, are you, I think that's pretty much encompasses the film. The film. So yeah. now let's talk about which one should have won better. Ross, you have a strong opinion about something that should have won. Well, before we get before we get into how much I love my next Fury Road, I want to go through the year. Just, you know, you're in film. It was so a hell of a year in film. It was a, it was a pretty good year. It was a pretty good year. Um, so, um, Spotlight, $20 million budget, and it made just under $100 million at the box office. So, really big success, but did not crack the top 10 for box office that year. Really? Yes. Um well, when Star Wars there, Episode yeah, Seven: The true. Force Awakens, the other Best Picture nominees alone, there was one Best Picture nominee that made really? it into the box office. That that surprises me this year. Yep. So the other nominees for Best Picture that year, so in addition to Spotlight, there was The Martian, mm-hmm. The Revenant, Room, Bridge of Spies, Brooklyn, The Big Short, and Mad Max Fury. Oh. <laughs> there we go. Me will now look up what the fuck Brooklyn. Oh, is that a <laughs> The, Who are you? The Revenant had the most nominations with 12 nominations, and Fury Road took home the most wins with six. I was going to say, they took nice. everything. And then the box office was dominated by Force Awakens, Jurassic World, Furious 7, oh, um, were Avengers Age of Ultron, franchises. Mission Impossible 4. Was, was it this? Four? It was. Was it four? It was five. Was it, it Rogue Nation? It was Rogue five. Nation? Okay, yeah. My bad. Okay. Yeah, Rogue Nation. Homie, we worked in a theater um, during that time. We know what was out. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, I remember working fucking Jurassic World. That was a fucking nightmare. Uh, I love it's you guys. Um, movie theater stories. They're terrible. Um, interesting fact about this year at the box office. The Force Awakens beat number two on the list by $400 million at the box office. Well, that yeah, that huge. movie had like a 20-year, like a 10-year gap. Ten year I remember gap. that. Seven-year gap. Yeah, gap. Yeah, I saw, I saw Force Awakens like three or four times in the theater. I fucking love Force Awakens. It was just I so the like the hype was unbelievable. And oh, yeah. yeah, it's huge. Dylan and 
we're we're gonna have to have a bonus episode at some point where Dylan and I just fucking yell at each other about Star Wars. Please, can we just make that this episode now? That'd be fun. No, we have things to talk about. Okay, then talk. Um, Use your power of words. Yep. All right. So, in addition, so as Caleb mentioned earlier. Um, Spotlight came home with a win for best original screenplay, which I think is interesting because these kinds of movies that are based on true stories are usually in the adapted screenplay category. Yeah, yeah. it was interesting that there wasn't but, like a book about it or something. Yeah, but Spotlight, you know, stood on its own, got its own screenplay nomination, and then it had nominations for supporting actor for Mark Ruffalo, supporting actress for Rachel McAdams. I think best. Let me look at the list here. Best director for Tom McCarthy. It had a lot. Let's just go with it had a lot. And it got nominated for editing as well. So it got six nominations, came home with two wins, which is kind of low for a Best Picture winner. And just a couple little fun um, tidbits about this year. It also Leo, saw the release of <laughs> fucking Paul Blart Mall Cop yeah, 2. Yeah, um, the which sequel. Is, I, I, yeah, the first I one's way better. I watched the first one like this week. No lie. Nice. Um, and then another movie got so it got its international release in 2014, but its U.S. release was in January of 2015. So it qualifies for this year in film. It's one of the greatest cinematic heroes of our time. He is adorable. He wears a little blue I was coat say, and a red Paddington, hat. Right? That movie, like, Padding, Paddington came out in 2015. That movie should have won everything, all the things. You know, Paddington. Paddington, if you I talk think, bad about been... Paddington, sir, I will stop everything. I will stop recording. I, I will end the call. I, not, I will do everything. No, 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 no. I don't think anyone's talking bad no, about I'm doing Paddington. It. I'm doing there. it. I'll do it. I, I am I'm hovering. Not, I'm not saying. I'm not saying anything bad about Paddington. I love Paddington. Paddington is so dear to me and holds such a special place in my heart. I love Paddington so much. I remember. Um, reading the Paddington books when I was little and wanting to try marmalade so bad. I didn't even know what it was. Dude. Yeah. Patty and his marmalade. But best picture should have been Mad Max Fury Road this year. Oh, no, no. Mad Max. Mad Max Mad Max. I would, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be the devil's advocate and talk about something else, but continue, children. <laughs> what are you gonna talk about, Continue, Dylan? children. No, 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 no. No, no, no. You've heard no, our opinion. No, I get to play my cards when I want to. I get to tease okay. them, but I get to play them when I want to. You son of a bitch. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, Caleb, you and I both watched Mad Max yeah. again <laughs> in preparation yeah, for this episode. Um, I'm not, okay, in all seriousness, I'm not surprised it did not win. Um... Oh, I'm not surprised either. It's but not I think it have, like, the kind of. It's not Oscar it Beatty. should have. It's not, not Oscar, Oscar Beatty enough. But dude, uh, watching it again, I watched it last night, and the the level of finesse in the world building, like without the use of exposition or any crazy explanatory shit, is just spot fucking on. It's it's perfect, and and mm. they did. I mean, it's and, this is like 40 years after Mel Gibson Max, isn't it? Um, so time after it's it. 40. Mad Max came out in, the first one came out in like 78 or 79 the second one was early 80s and the third one was mid to late 80s I think don't quote okay, me so on that almost 50 but, end quote 50 years since the first um, 2015 it's been it's been about 30 years since the third yeah, one math. at this point um, yeah so I, I don't know I <laughs> the poor franchise though they should have uh, they should have held it together it's so sad 
Nah, I, I feel like it's a but, one and done. Just be like a memento to like that age of film. Wasn't like, supposed to be, I don't think. Well, they were supposed to. I think they're still talking about doing another That'd one. That'd be fine if they didn't. I mean, I want to see more. I, I mean, like, it'd be cool, but I feel shit. like it's fine. Like, do what do, you do. Do you remember when we were working? Do you remember when we were working in that theater and they were showing Mad Max and there was this, like, 80-year-old couple that went to see it <laughs> and, like, 10 minutes into the movie they came out and asked somebody if they could turn the volume down in the theater because it was oh, too loud. I think we got that complaint Aww. multiple amount of times. Uh, yeah, and I was like, oh, y'all really didn't know what you yeah. were getting into with this, did you? Is it the um, bot, like... <laughs> it was a loud movie because it's supposed to be a loud movie. It's I'm supposed fucking... to be loud and chaotic and all that. Big like, truck go vroom, man. Big, big truck, truck go vroom. Explosion make loud noise. Bullets make loud noise. Bullets. <laughs> I will say this. I'm going to say this right now. This movie should have won Best Picture because my three-month-old loved when the big truck went vroom. <laughs> you watched it with your three-month-old, my God. That poor three-month-old. Did she like Joe? She life. had a great... Did she like Joe? Oh. She did not like Joe. She liked when the big truck went vroom. She did not like Immortal yeah, Joe. Was, did she like creepy. it? Was she sad when the big truck went, in, went boom? She was more shocked. She's like, she's probably the first explosion. Well, I don't know. You all watched a lot of movies over there. But I was going to say, it might be one of the first explosions she's ever seen. If I was seeing my first explosion for the first time again, holy crap. Yeah. I'd be shitting my pants, too. Yeah. Yeah, man. Mad Max Fury Road, dude. It's so good. It. And it's it's a special movie. Like, I don't think... like It's my number one movie for 2015, and Spotlight, I don't even think, cracks mm. the top ten. There are a lot of good options. The Revenant, I submit. Um, I know sort of y'all, like, your vague opinions on it, but I'm a bonafide slut for the it's, slow burn. It looks really good. Leo's great. It's slow it as shit. Makeup Oscar I'm for a not bonafide slow slut shit. for the slowest shit stuff. If I like slow good. shit, but mm. yeah, it, it was super slow. It looked incredible. I remember just losing um, my mind in the opening scene where it's like that one long take for like two minutes of oh, and yeah, the battle getting sequence. ambushed by the Native Americans. I was like, mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, Leo got his Oscar this year, which yeah. is nice. He should have won it for Wolf of Wall Street, but you know, who cares? He finally he, he got, got one, an Oscar for the movie where he barely talked. Yeah, <laughs> which, which I don't know I what think. that says, but uh, <laughs> it's a message. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so Caleb, did you have anything else that you think should have won that year? Um, no, I'm on board with Mad Max, and I I, I did just submit The Revenant as well. Um, but what was my ranking for 2015? I know Spotlight's not in my top ten. I think besides those two, like Paddington. Duh. Yeah, Paddington, Paddington should Duh. win all well, movies of all years. Give him all, all the money. Well, Paddington, I don't know. I don't know if they would have qualified it for the 2014 Oscars or the 2015 That's Oscars. So Casablanca it's a little weird because of its release dates. But yeah, but you know, I love Paddington. I like Paddington a lot more than I like Spotlight because Spotlight is not something I enjoy. Yeah. It's something I appreciate and think is objectively good. Yeah. But I cannot say I enjoy Spotlight because it feels like a weird movie to say I enjoyed. Mm -hmm. I think. Well, I mean, we, you we can say you it. enjoyed it. You can enjoy it for other stuff. It's just like the like the technical aspect. You don't have to be like, oh my god, it's so great in every role. I but enjoyed like, it, you know. but it does. It's not. It's not a feel good movie. 
No, yeah, it's like it's. I can enjoy the technical aspects and, and the, the performance the themselves, and the story, but the story is yeah. horrifying and. It's an important story, but it's not one that makes you happy. Dylan, do you want to play those cards now that you were what holding cards? close? Yeah, you said you, you had. Said you oh yes, cards. I have you said cards. You had a sneaky. I have cards. He forgot about his um, cards. I just thought you meant legitimate cards. As my like, huh? cat claws my <laughs> claws my chair. Well, you guys went on your tangents, and I just clock out whenever those talk. So you know, unless I have a card to play, I don't. I just go. Doi. Appreciate so, the conversation. Play that fucking card, I will dude. play the fucking card. You've been teasing us. I tease. I tease. Man from Uncle. Just because. Dylan. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. I just wanted that. Dylan. I just wanted that. Give it to me, Ross. Another Give another thing we're gonna have to do is we're gonna have to fight about Guy Ritchie. God Give it damn to it. me, Ross. Give me what I want. Give me the whole reason I had to look up to see when this movie came out, just so I could see the look on your face. Just give it to me now, Ross. Give me the vindication. I don't like the man from Uncle. I don't like Guy Ritchie movies. And we're going to leave it at that, because if we don't, I'm going to start yelling. Exactly. I want it. I need it. This is a prelude to know that we need it. Also, Guy um, Ritchie Hardcore wasted. Henry. I haven't seen that. I've heard it's, in, I've heard it's an interesting concept. I've heard that. That's the, the crazy, yeah, like, Hardcore first person action movie, right? First, yeah. Yeah, that, it's, that's, yeah. It's fucking phenomenal, is what it is. Like, it's really well written, and, like, the action moves really well. Like, of course it directs the story, but, like, it's really great. It's definitely original, yeah. that's for sure. But no, I, if I we're going off Sicario. of the list, or like, the every, wait, was Sicario? I thought Sicario was 16. Was it 16? Why it was definitely 16. It had to be 16. Okay. Because it was, on, it was on the list. It, it made the list. Okay, well, if I'm kicking Sicario out, Spotlight still doesn't make my Ooh. top 10. Yeah, yeah there, I, I mean, just there's, wanted there's to, a good pool you know, give year, someone, so. give the people who listen a little bit of a peek behind the curtain of showing that Ross and I have many different opinions about many different things and I will strike yeah, Dylan, it down! Dylan and I are gonna fucking get into it one of these days about be something. Moderating. Um, Caleb will just be hiding in the um, corner crying while mom and dad fight. No, I, just, I gotta hold one of you back on that so I'll just be uh, <laughs> I'll be Bruce Bannering the thing. Whenever we get around to recording an in-person episode, we're gonna have to like have no, a wait, so Sicario was a 2015 film. Why the fuck was this not? Yeah, oh, wait, I, so it would have been on a different it, award ceremony. Goddamn stupid yeah, I, bullshit of, like, different yeah, years. Sicario... Because Sicario's fucking great. And it won something. I remember it won something, but back on point. But yeah, back in, back in the year we're in. Oscars. Back we're in the year we're in. Um, wait, like, wait. it's... It's honestly just, like... It was... I just want to say that thing. But no, I really loved Mad Max. Mad Max was... is still one of my favorite movies of all time. It's just... Ha! Ah, so much fun. It so looks fantastic. Fun. The characters—it's really well written and the like costumes, it's shit. It's so much better. It. Like, like what writing should be, what directing should be, what like because we get like the exposition dumps of everything nowadays, right? People like they're just like we have to tell everyone how everything yeah. works in this world instead of That's, just being like yeah, roll with yeah. it, kids. That's roll with it. Saying, You're on the ride. The world building is so effective and it's so immersive, and you feel like you kind of get a you get a feel for everything so quickly and without without them explaining it, like you said. And you get t- like two minutes at the very beginning where Tom Hardy is narrating that little montage okay. sequence. Yeah, that's all it takes, and then the rest of the movie it's show yep. don't yeah. tell and show don't tell show is the don't best tell thing that ever. Movie. It's great. In the world. Yeah, like, 
Remember that when we get to the silent you films. Easily see. No, shut up. Yeah, you easily get <laughs> to see that Immortan Joe is running this shit and he's horrifying. Mm-hmm. You easily see all that shit, so you don't need to, them to explain it. And God damn it, it's one of the two best action movies ever made. I can't decide what my favorite action movie ever is, but like, come back to that it's later. one of the top two. Um yeah, when we talk about a certain year in the 90s, we'll bring up my own one. Now, the real question for y'all. What would you rate this movie, sweet baby children? Ooh, Spotlight. Uh, no, Mad Max, I'll give it a because seven. we spent too long talking about it. No, yeah, give it... Well, Mad Max is a fucking well, 10 out of 10. I'm giving joke, Spotlight. Homie. Uh, <laughs> a joking. A joke. Spotlight gets a 7 from me. 7? I think, I mean, on an objective level, everything is solid and sound. It's just... I don't like watching it. You know what I oh, mean? Oh, yeah, it's a rough movie, but, you know, you gotta digest that form of art, otherwise, what the hell are we watching it for? Yeah. So, yeah, seven for me. Okay. Sailor so, Boy. Yeah, uh, it's a 6.5 out of 10. Again, it's no better or worse than Mrs. Miniver, I don't think. It's about on the same level in my head. Great storytelling, um, great writing, and... All of the praise I gave it before, I'll give it again. The char- developing characters and keeping track of everything really well. Uh, but, you know, 6.5 out of 10. I don't have to justify it any more than that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> now, boys. I'm going to put, the, um, with our letterbox quote, that's what I'm going to put for you. <laughs> 6.5 out of 10. I don't have to justify it. Now, boys, what do you think I'm going to I'm going to uh, rate this movie? See, you gave Miniver a 4. I know, right? I'm going to say you give this a I'm gonna say you give this a five I, and a half. That could be, it could be sneaky high. It could be higher than you. Yeah, I don't know. Those cards been very close to Dylan's chest. Yeah, Dylan's the wild card here. I flap the fan of suspense. No one knows. As I give it an eight. Ooh. Oh shit! He did go I, higher. I had a all right. Again, this is all just personal bias, just of, like, I like the technical aspects, I like the actors, it's like, when you got the good things going, it may be Oscar bait, but you gotta appreciate where everything is from a technical standpoint, from an actor standpoint, from all that. Also, I just love the idea of journalism being represented well, and also, you know, gotta burn that fucking established religion a little bit, you know, put that little bit of hell back in them, you know, but, like, you know, personal bias is here and there. I'm genuinely shocked that Dylan gave us a higher score than me. Uh, yeah, he, he definitely put the mystique. These okay, children well, talk about everything in our group chat. I I play everything close to the chest. No one knows until I open my mouth. Yeah. What's so on average, that puts seven point... Um, do you want me to round up or round down? Down, down so 7.1 instead of 7.6. 7.2. Okay. All right. Which puts it higher than Miniver. Okay. Well, we've only done two. I would hope it'd be higher than Miniver. We're trending up. Well, I guarantee we're <laughs> Maybe, trending uh, up. Maybe this so. third one will be even better. Maybe. So how about I spin the goddamn wheel? Oh, boy. Wait, this is the wheel of watching? You're doing the wheel of watching? I'm doing the wheel of watching. Oh, yeah, spin- okay. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that the point of why I'm even here? The yeah, format. we just jumped into it though. I wasn't. I wasn't even like and emotionally prepared. We got. What is it? And we got seventy-four on my dice, and that is what children, because I don't have the list in front of me. Um, Caleb, you got the list right. A beautiful mind. 
2001. Hey, Ross, what's uh, right. what's the DM's rule on re-rolling? Do I have inspiration? Do I have anything? <laughs> no, you don't get to re- We don't re-roll the Wheel of Watching. Yeah, but why not? It's like the Wheel of Watching. It's like the Magic Conch. But why not? <laughs> it's the Magic Conch shell, Dylan. <laughs> I can question it all I want, but why the wheel not? The has spoken. No, my dice have spoken. The numbers spoke differently. Well... All right. I guess we're watching A Beautiful Mind, directed by Ron Howard, who I have problems with. We'll get into it next week, darling. We don't have to talk about it now. Yeah, we'll get into this next week. All right, next week. So, final words on Spotlight before we close out. I like journalism. I don't like established religions. We really tailored down our audience with the our target audience with this one. I will burn everyone to the (laughs) ground. There are two other people on this podcast. They can cover the audience gaps. I leave. Yep. Yeah. All right. All right. So, so that's up. That's our episode. So again, um, I'll probably do this every episode. But thank you, Eric, for letting us use your theme, use your music for our theme song. Um, if you like the show and want to follow us on social media, we are on Twitter now. We've Got made that it. Set up. We've arrived. Yep. Which is, we are the Binge Picture Podcast. With our handle is at Binge Picture, all one word. We are also on Letterboxd, so if you want to see um, our brief little thoughts on the movies themselves, uh, shit, hold on. I'm pulling it up. Give me one second. Uh, you can follow yeah. us at Binge Picture Pod on Letterboxd as well, or send us an email at bingepicturepod at gmail.com. So send us your thoughts, your concerns. Do you hate us? Do you love us? I won't carry the way. Nope. Yeah, we won't care. Um, so that's it, yeah. Alright. That's episode two. Join us next week for A Beautiful Mind, directed by Ron Howard. Mm-hmm.